The only way a person becomes just or righteous is by living their lives based on this genuine and godly faith. Otherwise, God's soul will not have any pleasure in them. And as Christians, and by virtue that everything is based on faith, we need to live by this faith and never go back, always pressing forward towards the Lord. Hello and welcome to another message from the Latter Rain Ministries, where we're dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. Today we'll be talking about what true faith is. There are many misconceptions out there about what exactly faith is. As a matter of fact, many so-called Christians have a very deviated understanding of what faith is. But as always, we need to look to the Word of God, the Holy Bible, for the answer to see what true faith should be. Faith is just too important to live life under some false pretenses or misunderstandings, especially if we are warned time and time again within the pages of the Bible that each one of us will give an account for everything we have done, whether good or evil. Today's message is based on the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, verses 13 to 40. Let us pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, blessing and honor and glory and praise and majesty, O Lord, be to you. For you are King of kings and Lord of lords, for there is no one like you, O Lord. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray humbly, O Lord, that you may please forgive my sins, that you may please always remember us in your mercy and in your grace. Lord, we know that we are not worthy of you. Heavenly Father, I know that we are not worthy of your, of your forgiveness. But Heavenly Father, help us to find grace through your Son, Jesus Christ. O Lord, in the name of Jesus, I pray for your guidance. I pray that you may help us to have the faith that we need to have. Not the faith that we want to have, but the faith that only pleases you. I pray in the name of Jesus, Heavenly Father, that you may help us to understand. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We'll be reading today from Hebrews chapter 11, verses 13 to 40. This is the word of the Lord. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. And truly, if they had called to mind that country from which they had come out, they would have had opportunity to return. But now they desire a better, that is, a heavenly country. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be their God, for he has prepared a city for them. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. And he who had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said, In Isaac your seed shall be called concluding that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from which he had also received him in a figurative sense. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph and worshipped, leaning on the top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, when he was dying, made mention of the departure of the children of Israel and gave instructions concerning his bones. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child and they were not afraid of the king's command. 
By faith Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he looked to the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. By faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he who destroyed the firstborn should touch them. By faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, whereas the Egyptians, attempting to do so, were drowned. By faith the walls of Jericho fell down after they were encircled for seven days. By faith the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe when she had received the spies with peace. And what more shall I say, for the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah, also of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead raised to life again. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. Still others had trial of mockings and scourgings, yes, and of chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains and dens and caves of the earth, and all these having obtained a good testimony through faith, did not receive the promise, God having provided something better for us, that this should not be made perfect apart from us. There are many people that have their own ideas on what faith is. But throughout this passage, we read about faith and that it quite possibly could be very different to what many people think faith is, including believers. According to the Bible, faith should be the foundation for everything in a person's life, especially if a person wants to attain God's salvation and God's eternal rewards. Faith is where everything should start and continue for all eternity in the life of a follower of Jesus Christ. In the same book of Hebrews, God tells us this, but without faith, it is impossible to please him for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And so if faith is so important, then it is critical and vital to understand what it should be in our lives because it would be catastrophic to misunderstand it or get it wrong, just as it is written. For without faith, it is impossible to please him, speaking of God. In the end, faith should be everything to us, but of course, the right faith, the way the Bible explains it, the type of faith that justifies us before God through Jesus Christ. Having said that, it is then very important to try to understand what true faith is not. If you compare what many people believe and teach about faith, including so-called Bible teachers and preachers, to what the Bible says about faith, they are two completely different things. And we know that in order to get things right, whatever belief or faith we have, it is imperative that it aligns with the Bible with the Word of God. In order to gain God's favor, things must be done according to God's word. There is no other way. It is not true that the all paths lead to God. There is only one path, one perfection, and not many perfections. One of the misconceptions of faith is thinking that godly faith is synonymous or the same as positive thinking. Judging things by the biblical standard, 
Positive thinking has nothing to do with fate. One of the main flaws in positive thinking is a perspective. If a person starts to judge things as good, depending on what they see as good, then they can miss all of God's purpose. There is a fundamental mistake in this because we simply lack the ability by nature to think the way God thinks. We have a sinful nature according to the Bible, and this is something we are born with. In contrast, God is perfect and there is no sin in God. And so our perspectives and what we see as positive are very different to how God sees things. The Bible says this quite plainly in the book of Isaiah as follows, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Unfortunately, every human being thinks differently or sees things differently to the way God sees them. Therefore, positive thinking presents this initial and fundamental problem. In essence, what seems positive to us may not be seen as positive to God and vice versa. This is why the Bible counsels us to renew and transform our minds so we can start to see and understand God's perspective because God's perspective is the only perspective that does matter and that should matter to us. In Romans chapter 12, it says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. God's will is learned and adopted through the guidance of the Holy Spirit and the teachings in the Bible does not happen any other way or on its own. Therefore, there is no room for positive thinking in the life of the believer. The other thing that faith is not, and this is also a very common problem, especially among believers, is trying to get God to do your bidding. This is probably one of the greatest problems out there, especially in the Christian community. And this error is proliferated directly from many pulpits and so-called Christian literature. Some people believe that faith is about believing something so strongly and that they are able to force or coerce somehow God to do what they want. They attempt to treat God as a slave or as a servant. They feel that they are entitled somehow to get God to do anything for them. This goes hand in hand with the name it and claim it doctrine where they think that if they confess something that it will come true. They feel that God is there to serve them and they treat him as such. And if you understand anything about who God is and what the Bible teaches about what he is capable of doing, you should realize that he is no one's slave and that he is not here to serve people. The time has come and gone with what Jesus did on the cross. He is no longer the suffering servant. There are no more sacrifices to be done by God. God has never owed anyone anything, nor will he ever we may be God's children by grace when we come to faith in Christ, but that does not mean that he is here to spoil us. And if you think that is working for you somehow, you should start to worry about who exactly is fulfilling your desires and answering your prayers, especially if there are things that are subject to vanity. God does not answer vain petitions. And the other thing that is related to the last aspect we saw is being guided by your sinful desires. Under no circumstance does godly faith involve sin and or illicit or vain desires. James chapter 4 verse 1 to 4 tells us this, Where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from your desires for pleasure that are war in your members? 
You lust and do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight in war, yet you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and you do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. Adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Good or godly faith is not present when carnal desire or the practice of sin is involved. And this is what James is pointing to. We just read about wars and fights among the brethren and about desires for pleasure. We also saw lust, murder, and covetousness. And what causes these things? When we get enamored with the world, when we follow the world, we are at odds with God. And that's when we become enemies with God. And of course, we are far away from wholesome and sound faith if that is the case. And as we have shared in the past, God does not tolerate the practice of sin, which comes as a result from being in friendship with the world. Galatians chapter 5 warns us in the following manner. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, what is true faith? Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 defines godly or biblical faith as such. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So we see here that faith involves pursuing the invisible, things that go beyond the here and now and that are not really perceivable by our human senses. Hebrews chapter 11 explains how faith worked in Moses' life where it says, By faith Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he looked to the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Moses turned away from the visible world, from those things that can be seen as mighty and powerful and attractive to our sinfulness. And he preferred to suffer human affliction and wrath rather than human glories of the present world. He extended himself to a reward he could not just quite yet see or hold in his grasp. And he endured what he did as seeing him who is invisible. Hebrews chapter 11 also tells us about Abraham, about the father of faith, where it says, By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. So you see, Abraham went against human reason and delight to pursue those things that were not quite visible and even attainable at the moment. He looked forward towards the eternal. Abraham pursued the eternal more than the physical and temporary world. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 38, it tells us further, Now the just shall live by faith, but if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in them. The only way a person becomes just or righteous is by living their lives based on this genuine and godly faith. 
Otherwise, God's soul will not have any pleasure in them. And as Christians, and by virtue that everything is based on faith, we need to live by this faith and never go back, always pressing forward towards the Lord. In Romans chapter 3, verse 21 to 22, it says, But now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God, through faith in Jesus Christ to all and all on who you believe, for there is no difference. So you see, we need to live through faith in Jesus Christ. There is no other way. In Matthew chapter 10, it says, Do not think that I came to bring peace on earth, I did not come to bring peace, but a sword, for I have come to set a man against his father, a daughter against his mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and a man's enemies will be those of his own household. He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, and he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me, and he who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. He who finds his life will lose it, and he who loses his life for my sake will find it. Faith in Christ is giving the Lord the priority over everything and everyone. We need to love him above everything. He needs to be first. And as a result of putting him first, we need to take up our cross, whatever it is we need to continue dealing with in our lives and follow him daily. True faith in Christ is surrendering your life to Jesus. Romans chapter 10 teaches us about our faith in Christ and it means him as being Lord, to make Jesus the Lord of our lives, essentially and literally, to start in the path of salvation as it is written. But what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Jesus must be the Lord of our lives. And as Lord, it is God's will that needs to be done, not our will. This is probably the most difficult thing people come to have problems with because most people feel the need to maintain control over their own lives. There is typically a power struggle between people and Christ. Most people want the salvation, but they don't want to follow Jesus and surrender their will completely to Him. But that is not possible if you want to truly be saved and live out the faith that is necessary for salvation. Jesus himself taught us that we should even pray to fulfill God's will. In Matthew chapter 6, we see where he was teaching us how to pray, where it says, In this manner, therefore pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Notice that he says, Your kingdom come. Your will be done. That is the level of priority. That is the first thing, the highest priority we should pray for, which means this should be the highest priority of our lives. And finally, in Matthew chapter 26, it shows us the Lord's prayer just before he would surrender his life as the holy sacrifice for our salvation, where it says, he went a little farther and fell on his face and prayed saying, oh my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. This is true faith. Do you see that Christ himself showed us how to be completely selfless and that he was only looking to fulfill God's purpose even through the most difficult circumstance he was about to face? 
True faith is all about doing God's will, no matter what the circumstances are, completely surrendering our lives to Him every day, all of the time, at least trying to do what He tells us to do. True faith is centering our lives around the Lord. True faith in Christ has nothing to do with our desires or wishes or wants. There is no humanistic or earthly aspects in biblical or godly faith. True faith revolves around the Lordship of Jesus Christ in our lives by believing in Him, by putting our complete trust in Him, by doing as He tells us to do as we cling on to the invisible God with the hope that eternal life and eternal reward are in His possession to grant to those that look to precisely fulfill His will in their lives. But there's only one way that this can be done, and that is by learning how to love the Lord. True faith in Christ centers around loving God with everything we are. Loving God above all things is the only thing that can lead us to do what is necessary because we want to please Him, because we believe He is who He is, and that He can do what He says He can do. That is why true faith is fulfilling the first and greatest commandment, which Jesus Himself reiterated when He was asked, as it is written, Jesus answered him, The first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. Now, this doesn't mean that God doesn't care about you, because that is actually quite the contrary. God's will does fulfill your best interests because the most important thing to God is your eternal salvation. He does want only what is good for your life and good for those all around you. God is always looking to do everyone the most good possible and the most good, the greatest service if you will, is eternal life. The temporary world will vanish and end at some point. That is why faith cannot be founded or put on anything in this world, nor attempt to apply faith to gain temporary things. What would happen if Christ would have just thought about himself, about his own well-being, about giving in to the comfort of his flesh? Praise the Lord God Almighty that Jesus looked to do God's will because fulfilling the Father's will was the only way we could ever have any kind of opportunity for eternal salvation. And we must think along those lines. What does God want for me to do? What is necessary to the, so that not only I have access to eternal life, but also to help others have that same access? True faith is following Jesus as closely as possible by letting him be the effective and true Lord of your life. Let us pray. Lord God, blessed Father, Good Lord, Lord, may all praise and worship be to you, O God, because you loved us, because you want what's best for us. Help us, O Lord, to understand that what we need to do is to center our lives around you, to let you be the Lord of our lives. Help us to understand that that is the way that we'll find the greatest good not only for ourselves, but for our loved ones, for everyone around us. Help us, O oh Lord, to be able to know how to submit our lives to you. 
and above everything, to learn how to love you. Because love is everything, Lord God. Thank you because you loved us and because you gave up what was most precious to you so that we could be saved. Thank you for Jesus Christ. Thank you for his sacrifice. Thank you that through faith in him, we could have eternal life and eternal reward. I praise you and I worship you, O Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Please join us again next time as we look into God's word together. And if you have any questions or just need some prayer, please email us through our website. If you want to listen to other messages, you can go to our website or look for our podcast in the Apple iTunes store under The Latter Rain Ministries to subscribe. The Latter Rain Ministries is a self-supporting Christian ministry dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. The Lord is near. May God bless you.